Stick around, you'll learn something. Man, I'm telling you, you know this opioid crisis is getting out of control in the U.S. In this episode, we're going to cover opioid crisis in pregnancy in the U.S. and focus on two pharmacotherapies for opioid use disorder in pregnancy. This nation is in the midst of an opioid crisis, and the statistics are staggering. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention reports that 2 million Americans are addicted to opioids. Opioid use in pregnancy has mirrored the general population, increasing every year. The escalation of use in pregnancy has brought a concurrent rise in the rates of infants born with neonatal abstinence syndrome and a tragic increase in overdose death. Opioid use disorder is a medical condition characterized by a problematic pattern of opioid use that causes clinically significant impairment or distress. It is sometimes also referred to as opioid use or dependence or addiction. Opioids have a powerful effect on the brain, both positive and negative. Opioids are natural or synthetic chemicals that interact with MU, that's MU, receptors on nerve cells in the GI tract, the spinal cord, and of course, the brain. They thereby reduce feelings of pain. This class of drugs includes the illegal drug heroin, the synthetic opioids like fentanyl, and pain medications available legally by prescription like oxycodone, hydrocodone, codeine, morphine, and of course, many others. Although these drugs are generally considered safe when taken for a short period of time and as prescribed by a physician, the individual response to them varies markedly. Although not completely understood, there's a great heterogeneity in the mood receptor structure, its functional activation, and localization within the cells and regions of the brain. So this diversity may, in part, account for the varied response seen clinically. Now, addiction, of course, is a complex brain disorder characterized by compulsive drug seeking despite extremely negative consequences. Repeated exposure to escalating dosage of opioids alters the brain, causing two different but interrelated clinical problems, tolerance and dependence. Treatment of OUD in pregnancy must include a multifaceted, comprehensive approach because behavioral interventions, psychosocial support, and medications have been shown to improve maternal and neonatal outcomes. Pharmacotherapy for treatment of opioid use disorder in pregnancy has been utilized in pregnancy since the 1970s. Now, initially, this was achieved with methadone, but later, buprenorphine-based products came on the scene. These medicines include things like Suboxone and Subutex, but we'll talk about those in just a little bit. The benefits of medication-assisted therapy in pregnancy stem from avoidance of symptomatic withdrawal. Now, when cyclic use and withdrawal from illicitly obtained opioids is controlled... Patients have the opportunity to establish and maintain medical and prenatal care and to address comorbid conditions. This reduction in medical and social risks associated with substance use in pregnancy does lead to improved social, obstetric, and neonatal outcomes. 
All right, let's start our review of these medications with methadone. Methadone is a full agonist of the mu opioid receptor and has been utilized since the 1970s as a standard treatment for OUD in pregnancy. Now, it is dispensed on a daily basis by registered comprehensive addiction treatment programs. This is not typically done in the physician's office. Now, currently, it is not legal for physicians outside of these licensed treatment facilities to prescribe methadone to treat OUD, although the drug can be prescribed on an inpatient basis for continuation or the initiation of medication-assisted therapy. All providers should be aware that potential significant medication interactions exist with methadone, including, but not limited to, some nucleoside reverse transcriptase inhibitors and non-nucleoside reverse transcriptase inhibitors, antiretroviral medications, protease inhibitors, tricyclic antidepressants, or rifampin. Now, in addition, there is a risk of maternal respiratory depression and QT period prolongation. Some data suggest that physiologic changes in pregnancy may require dose adjustments of methadone. But this is not universal, and it should be based on evidence of patient withdrawal symptoms rather than provided reflexively just at the start. Other studies have supported the use of split dosing with methadone to reduce maternal symptoms of withdrawal. All right, let's move on to buprenorphine. Buprenorphine is a partial agonist of the mu opioid receptor. Remember that methadone was a full agonist. Thereby, it gives this medication an improved safety profile because it's only a partial agonist. It actually decreases the activity of full opioid agonists like methadone, heroin, morphine, or oxycodone. Accumulated recent evidence supports the use of buprenorphine in pregnancy and it is available as either a monoproduct, meaning buprenorphine alone, that is called subutex, or as a combined product with naloxone. In other words, buprenorphine-naloxone combination is called suboxone. The naloxone component is actually not active if taken in the proper sublingual fashion. However, a patient will experience significant withdrawal if she injects the medication. In other words, naloxone is an opioid antagonist and will displace opioids from receptors. For that reason, this combination product is used to prevent improper IV use of buprenorphine. So that's a clinical pearl. Buprenorphine comes either as a monoproduct or combined with naloxone to prevent medication misuse. Historically, providers had concerns about providing the combined medication in pregnancy, but accumulating data does support its use throughout gestation. Buprenorphine can be prescribed by specially licensed physicians in private office settings, so that's different than methadone. Currently available evidence suggests that while the absolute risk of developing neonatal abstinence syndrome remains the same at about 50%, those infants exposed prenatally do buprenorphine rather than methadone 
will experience neonatal withdrawal that is shorter and easier to treat. So that's a clinical pearl. Although both infants, about 50%, will have some component of neonatal abstinence syndrome, it tends to be shorter and easier to treat with buprenorphine. No long-term neurodevelopmental outcome data, however, are yet available for that medication. Providers should be aware that buprenorphine is rarely associated with hepatotoxicity and that concurrent use of benzodiazepines or alcohol significantly increases the risk of overdose. So that's a clinical pearl. It should be noted that polysubstance abuse is extremely common, so it should be used in caution with those that are consuming alcohol. Of course, as a reminder, patients should be told that alcohol should not be used in pregnancy. As such, providers should be aware of the potential need for concurrent evaluation and treatment for other substance use disorders in addition to the opioids in a pregnancy. All right, team, we are at the end. Let's do the rapid-fire side-by-side comparison of methadone and buprenorphine. First is patient administration. Remember that for methadone, this is provided daily, but it has to be done in a licensed methadone clinic. Buprenorphine, however, can be provided in an office setting by a licensed physician. Next, what is the risk of overdose? Overdose has a higher chance with methadone, and it's lower but not absent with buprenorphine. Secondly, there's a higher risk of drug interactions with methadone, and it's lower with buprenorphine, but remember, it's not absent. Both, however, have a risk of neonatal abstinence syndrome, but remember that with buprenorphine, it seems to be milder and easier to treat. What about the duration of neonatal abstinence syndrome? Well, we just talked about it, longer with methadone and shorter with buprenorphine. Both, however, are labeled as safe for breastfeeding. Lastly, what about neurodevelopmental outcomes in exposed children? Well, the data for methadone is favorable, and with buprenorphine, there's actually less long-term information, but what is around seems to show favorable results. But definitely, there's less data with buprenorphine than there is for methadone regarding long-term neurodevelopmental outcome in the exposed children. Thanks for listening to this episode of Clinical Pearls. We'll see you next time.